There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to So I Got to Thinking, the weekly Sex in the City podcast where we take the timeless questions of Carrie Bradshaw and apply them to modern life and love. Again, this is another one of our holiday specials. So it's just us. It's just Juno and Dylan this week and we have been enjoying And Just Like That, episode five, which is called... Tragically Hip. Tragically Hip. <laughs> um... Regular listeners will be pleased to know. I'm going to go right from the top. I really enjoyed it this week. We don't have another repeat of last week. It's not like last week where I was like the grim reaper. Yeah. Like coming just like, cancel, cancel it. I hate it. Um, I wasn't being Scrooge. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just didn't like last week's episode. But it turns out there are going to be good weeks and bad weeks. So right up top, listeners, you are safe. I'm much happier this The podcast week. is still going. Um, we're not cancelling it. It's tragically here. <laughs> um, Dylan, do you have a potted synopsis? Yes, me? yeah. So, um, Carrie has to have hip surgery. Um, which kind of <laughs> comes in really suddenly. Like, it sort of comes out of nowhere that she suddenly has to have hip surgery. Um, well, Miranda had to fix her back, I think, in episode two. That's true. Yeah, Miranda had to click, so I think that was that was what counts as foreshadowing. Yeah, true. Um, and Seema, yeah, Seema sorts her out with a with a doctor, who she knows. Mm-hmm. Um, Miranda, oh, Miranda, oh, so much to talk Miranda. about. Miranda, let's this this yeah this this is basically a Miranda podcast. Now. Yeah, Miranda is going through it this week, um, mm-hmm. so we get a lot more insight into her uh, issues with alcohol and her sort of interesting foray into new romances um with Che Mm. um Charlotte uh, yeah and then Charlotte and Harry are kind of grappling with their child's identity um indeed lots lots to talk about this week it was meaty some meaty stuff um and it's funny because so we now we've got now got about an even batting. So we we we've now I didn't like episode one. I really enjoyed episode two and three. I didn't like episode four, and I really liked episode five. And I'm almost not sure I could tell you why. It feels like this show is treading such a fine line between interesting and just cringe. Yeah, um, totally. 
This one, I think, was on the right side. It was written by somebody called Samantha Irby, who had come from a couple of shows that I really, really liked. Let me get her bio right. Um, I really, really liked Hooker and Bertie, which um, I thought was criminally sort of underlooked. Um, Tuka and Bertie, um, I believe, is on Netflix. It's an adult animation about two birds. It's hilarious. Okay. Um, also, Samantha Irby wrote on Shrill, which I thought was really, really good as well. Um, I, I was so pleased. I think Irby was one of the first people they announced for the new, much more diverse writer's yeah. room from Just Like That. And this was her first solo outing on the script. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, yeah, I really, really liked it. I mean, let's... Um, I'm glad you liked it. I was wondering when I was watching it if you were going to like it. Mm. Um, I really liked it as well. And I thought I thought mm. you probably would. It felt... Because I was thinking about what we said, like, the various things we said last week. There was fun in this one. It was fun. Yes. Um, last week's mm-hmm. was not. Um, but I've never... Like, I can't remember the last time I saw a show that is so varying in quality from episode to episode it's mm. really interesting and weird i saw i'm sorry to this person whose tweet i've stolen yeah. but you know if you post on twitter it's in the public domain i guess um somebody said that the reason this felt like sex in the city again was that it managed that thing that sex in the city always did really well which is flash from hilariously funny yeah. to profound or even sad yeah. and there were a couple of moments in this episode where you were really on like a journey with with your emotions and, and one minute you were laughing and the next minute you realize oh no this has gone dark now yeah. this is this has gone somewhere bad and when i think to like my favorite episodes of sex in the city like my mother bored myself why you know you've got you know samantha struggling to find her orgasm and it's it's played for laughs until you realize it's that she can't connect with her grief and then mm. it's really sad and and then when you're with Samantha at the funeral you cry kind of in and, and so I think that's what Sex and City could do when it was at its best and it, I, I'm really relieved that in two of the episodes this season with with the funeral episode and now with this one I think they've managed that same thing of being able to make you laugh but then like a minute later making you kind of want to cry yeah totally and um and I wonder if Sometimes I think with a show, it's when when you realise what is the magic. And I wonder if, hopefully going forward, maybe everybody involved realises that, that was what Sex and the City was so beloved for, was that, you know, within the space of half an hour, you could really go on, like, an emotional mm. journey. Um, yeah. So maybe you're like, more of that, more of that, please, and just like that, you know what, and um, more of that. Do you know what I really appreciated with this one was the characters felt like the characters, if that makes sense. So, like, mm-hmm. Miranda felt... If she finally, for the first time, really, felt like Miranda and behaved like Miranda, I thought. Um, with a few exceptions, obviously. Um, and Charlotte, mm. I thought Kristen Davis was much more engaged this time, or she seemed... Maybe it was because she had more of an actual plot to deal with. Um, but... Yeah. Yeah, it just... It was so much better. Such an improvement over last week. Let's go through them one at a time. Mm. As ever, let's start with Carrie. Mm. Um, spoiler alert, I can tell Carrie why she's having trouble with her burns. And it's because of the shoes. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, we need, we need to be very, very clear. Like, I know I'm not Seema's cousin, the doctor, but wearing high heels causes people who wear heels all kinds of osteo problems. Yeah. Bad backs, bad hips, bad knees, bad ankles. Heels were not designed by women for the health and comfort of women 
And it's so funny. And this is one of those things, you know, where, where I went on a journey real fast. Sorry to the sorry to the listeners who hate it when we talk about our own lives. <laughs> but we, when when you know when I when I came out as trans, I was obviously very very excited to leg it around shops, buying all the clothes I had been denied for thirty yeah. years of my life. And one of those things was heels, because yeah, in a picture in Vogue. Heels look amazing. And when you see a model trot down a catwalk in heels, or when you see Carrie Bradshaw during your formative years and you base your notion of womanhood on Carrie Bradshaw, <laughs> um, no good can come from that. And, and you very, very quickly realise that heels are torturous. Yeah. <laughs> you can you can learn to tolerate them. Right. Um, you know, you can you can learn to kind of go through the pain barrier. And there are, I've met people who say, oh, you know, I don't even feel it anymore when I wear heels. And I'm like, yeah, that's because your nerve endings are dead. It's because you had to go have your feet removed by a surgeon. And now you just attach the heels to, you know, your metallic feet. Um, So no, no good comes from wearing heels. They look great, but you can't have any fun when you're wearing them. The end. That must be, though. That's made me think, actually. Uh, aside from your um, unfortunate epiphany about heels, mm. that must be the most satisfying moment ever in a transition is when you get to go shopping and buy all the clothes you've always wanted to buy. It must just be such an amazing feeling. Oh my God. And yeah, and like a 13 year old, you buy a lot of shit that doesn't suit you. You know, <laughs> yeah. and you, you kind of do go through your, where, you know, you step outside of the house looking like Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman, <laughs> where you just think, yes, queen. And the worst thing is when you're surrounded by gay men who treat you slightly like a really dedicated drag queen. Right. <laughs> and and yeah. so they're all like, yes, queen, slay. <laughs> and then you very quickly realize, oh, I've left mad. the house dressed <laughs> as Trinity the Tuck again. Oh my God. Um, so very <laughs> quickly realize you go, you go through your carry phase. Straight mm, yeah. into your Miranda era very quickly, <laughs> yeah. um, and now you're only ever going to see me in a pair of heels if it's like an awards ceremony because you'll be uh-huh. sat down for a lot of the night. Um, uh-huh. If it's if it's an occasion where you want to dance, just I, no. I wouldn't wear heels because you yeah. want to dance for inspiration. Um, please don't see me, Madonna. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so Carrie's got a bad yeah. hip. She's got a bad hip. Um, yeah. This does hark back to. Season six, where she and Berger go on a break, and somebody says, I think it's Miranda says, Can you remember when break used to be a good thing? Spring break, Christmas break, mm. what next? Hip break. <gasps> oh. It was all <laughs> foreseen. All foreseen in the script. Um so yeah, Carrie, Carrie's got a dodgy hip. She's she's using a vintage umbrella. <gasps> Did you notice in the interior of her building? Yeah. Finally, after 25 years, we've seen the interior of Carrie's yeah. building. I was a bit confused. Surprisingly a bit sort of clean. Yeah, I was thrown by that. <laughs> right. It looks, it looks, it looked like the inside of like a house rather than like the chamber of like an apartment building. Um, so I was like, hang on, wait. Are we- I think that's because in this country we treat communal areas really badly. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. yeah, they're full of like disused mattresses and like corpses and, like, post- wrapped in carpets and stuff. Yeah. Post that's been there for like 10 years for someone who moved out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, and the inside of Carrie's building. Um, I liked, I thought she played high on um, painkillers quite well. <laughs> I mean, health warning, opiates are bad Yeah, I mean, yes. let's not forget that Opiates have brought America into crisis point 
Yes. <laughs> but yeah, Car- Carrie's on Arctic content this week. Um, <laughs> yeah. So to, to chart Carrie's journey through this episode, so she, very early on with Seema's help, I, I again, it would take an American listener to tell us what kind of health benefits Carrie would have in order to get such swift treatment under the American health system. If that was in this country, Carrie would have been on a wait list since before the pandemic on the NHS yeah. and her operation would be repeatedly cancelled due to coronavirus. And that lovely um, room with the lovely bathroom as well in the hospital. Right, yeah. yeah. So she's, I mean, let's not, again, if Biggie's giving Natasha a million dollars, what has Carrie got? So I think mm. I think Carrie can afford her private health care and Seema has got her hooked up. We didn't see a lot of Seema this week. But again, no. I enjoyed I enjoyed her fleeting moments. Um, that's cute. And so, yeah, she very, very quickly gets herself this treatment. But then Charlotte and Miranda are going to be looking after her for the rest of the episode. Um, and so really, Carrie has less to do this week, I think. I think this was one of the episodes where kind of Carrie gets to sit out a couple of days of the shooting schedule um, yeah. While she's off her tits on OxyContin, however, she agrees to record their dreadful podcast. <laughs> yeah. But it turns out Carrie is more fun when she's on her pits. Yeah, wearing that like mad hat <laughs> that's like a bonnet, like a sort of upside An down Easter, Easter bonnet. bonnet. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I thought it was a really sweet. There's some really sweet moments with um, with Charlotte, like when Charlotte like helps her to the toilet and stuff. Um, yeah, that felt. Again, some so whatever criticisms we're going to hurl at this show, the bond between Davis, Nixon, and Parker is still very there. Yeah, and the scenes when much. they're together feel like a group of women who've been working with each other for 25 years. Yeah. And yet the, the peeing scene where Carrie's off her tits and she doesn't know whether she's weeing or not. And Charlotte <laughs> is like, I'll tell, I'll tell you when you're done. Was really, really lovely. Because again, when you've been friends with somebody for that long... Yeah. What what can care. possibly shock you anymore? Yeah. Um, and it's a hark back to something we always said about the original show is this kind of, this wonderful um, thing that it builds where it says like, yes, there are, you can have friends that, that are good enough friends that they'll jump in a cab with you to talk about anal sex or mm-hmm. like do pretty much anything for you. And it kind of harked back to that, which was, which was sweet, I thought. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? Because they've got to show a really fine line between having Carrie in mourning for her husband, mm. but then also we've still got to have fun. It's still meant to be a comedy show, broadly, um, or like a dramedy anyway. So it, it's quite difficult. And I noticed this week, Big was not mentioned by name. Um, yeah, she she refers to the months she's had, but it yeah. feels like time has moved on. It feels like Carrie is. Moving on, I think moving out of their apartment, has and then we skip brought Carrie some closure. And then at the end, we skip forward three months quite suddenly. Um, we do, so yeah. yeah. So I, I think we are to understand that time and indeed Carrie have moved on. Um, yeah. That we're not we're not going to be in the rawest stage of her grief forever. Yeah, and, and it would have been quite a. Yeah, it would have been an interesting move if we had stayed in that place. Mm. Um, and I think it wouldn't have been able to be as as comedic, obviously, if we mm. had stayed in that place. 
Although um, similarly, I do hope we've not heard the last of Big. <laughs> it seems yeah. it seems mad that she would have moved on from her partner of twenty years on and off quite so quickly. Um, yeah. Towards the end of the episode, Carrie maybe experiences her first lust yes. for sexy physiotherapist Travis. Yes. Although, can I just say, poor Emmett. Poor oh, yeah. sad. Poor sad <laughs> Emmett. Poor curly little floppy haired Emmett, yeah. Like, <laughs> that just, that, that like look of disappointment that she gives him. <laughs> Carrie, you can't fuck your physiotherapist anyway. It's not, it's not, okay, so maybe it would have been less mean if they'd yeah. brought out a female physio. Yeah. And Carrie perhaps. had just been like, I'll pay for Travis. Because yeah. then, poor Emma. Like, are we body <laughs> shaming Emma? No, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I liked Emma. He's actually Um, he's way more my type than Travis. Anyway, Travis (laughs) was a bit of a Barbie doll, wasn't he? Bit of a Clapham, bit of a Clapham guy. You you said that. You said that, not me. (laughs) That was a Dylan. Dylan. He's he is from the community. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I think um, in terms of now, this is this is interesting. You know how I've mentioned a couple of times on these bonus episodes that this stuff with Samantha. It had better be going somewhere because mm. otherwise we've got a very strange thread here that would well, be almost it would be almost cruel. Well, if so, I didn't if I didn't know for sure that Kim Cattrall w- had absolutely said she's never coming back, I'd be like, oh, she's obviously coming back because it's almost like they're teasing it, ready for her to come mm. back, which is bizarre because I mean, unless our fantasy comes true and it's mm. all been a big troll session and like they've kept it under wraps unless that's the case she's definitely not coming back is she so <laughs> i mean that would be so sick it would be amazing Catral and parker knowing that there'd been this narrative about the two of them for years and this narrative of how they despised each other and then they'd got together and been like shall we do this ridiculous thing on instagram where we yeah. kind of like put each other on blast and and then actually it's just the gag of the season kind of yeah because otherwise it's really dangerous because if this is going nowhere and they get the audience's hopes up like so th- the plot point this week is basically is Samantha has finally replied <gasps> yeah so she's back so we we obviously Samantha has ghosted Carrie then in the funeral, she sends some flowers. Like, not mm. all is lost. It's like when Smith gives Samantha those flowers and they bloom. Um, yeah. And now she's replying. So Carrie makes a faux pas on the podcast. While she's off her tits, she tells a story we're all very familiar with, which is yeah. when Samantha has to fish out Carrie's diaphragm. Um, yeah. Child listeners... A diaphragm was a primitive form of contraception <laughs> um, <laughs> that was kind of like, I mean, I don't even know how to describe it, like a prophylactic like, inserted inserted the uterus. Was it like a tube? Like no, a more tube like a shape. dome. More like a dome. Oh, okay. You're thinking of a femidom. Yes. So a diaphragm yeah. is more like a dome that, again, it's okay. a barrier method. So it just stops. It stops. Um, semen from reaching the egg further down right, the right. uterus, uh, fallopian tubes, etc. 
Um, so it's right. a barrier method and Carrie got one stuck in her and Samantha had to fish it out. <laughs> Carrie tells this story to chase delight because finally she's defrosted a bit and yeah. she's living up to her sex columnist promise. But then, as is... Right, I, I've mentioned my friends on this podcast, as have you. We we don't mention our friends' full names. We might mention, like, oh, my friend Sam or my friend Sarah, but we, yeah. we, we, we're not giving away their names and addresses. Um, yeah. It's funny. So, yeah, I think Charlotte, Charlotte does tell Karina, you mentioned Samantha's full name. That might be a bit of a boo-boo. Um, and so Carrie gets in touch with Samantha and Samantha replies with a, with mm. a friendly message. And she says, she refers to the diaphragm moment as her finest hour. And then Carrie said, I miss you. And then there's the three dots. Yes. Samantha is typing. And then it goes dead. Tantalizing. So, um, yeah, d- don't, don't get our hopes up. And just like that. In just those two messages, I thought they captured Samantha quite well. Like that's, the, those are the sort of things Samantha would have said when she was like, I'm glad your vagina is getting airtime. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, where are they? Where can they go with this other than to tease us, really? Well, um, I mean, so but at this point, so it feels like almost the plot. So Carrie's story arc this season is obviously dealing with her grief over Big, moving on, but also the plot is her reconciliation with Samantha. Mm. That is almost becoming her story arc. Yeah, it has to. From a screenwriting point of view, it has to go somewhere. Yeah. You wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it if you weren't sure that you could follow through. Mm. So what this says is this says to me, either they have come to some sort of negotiation with Kim Cattrall, like HBR are just like pay her whatever it is she's asking for. <laughs> yeah. If she wants 2 million episode, give her 2 million an episode, yeah. which, you know, given that the cast of friends were getting a million per episode, it's not beyond the realm of possibility. Um, give her what she wants or they're going to recast the part mm. and there will that be w- a Samantha that would be a mistake I think recasting I think that really really would be a huge mistake because <laughs> yeah. um, there's a million you know there's you know you, you could get some other sort of 80s icon in the way that they got Kim Cattrall you know you could get Kate Capshaw or Sharon Stone or something mm. but I still think it would that would be a level of disrespect to Kim Cattrall yeah that would be unacceptable <laughs> and I think uh, I would I would have to renegotiate my position on this show which is like they've done an actress really dirty there like they've yeah. they've fucked over an actress kind of so um, one one it's the herp is there you know if, if you've mm. been to see spider-man no way home you will know that sometimes your wildest dreams are indeed paid off so um yeah fingers crossed oh imagine how Come satisfying back. it would be if we were right as well <laughs> i mean what what if what if Kim Cattrall agreed to come back just for one episode, mm. just to resolve the story? Um, mm. What what if? Let let's yeah. see. Let's see what happens. Fingers crossed. That feels like a good place to to take a break on a little hopeful note. But yeah. we haven't even got onto it yet. This week for me was all about Miranda. So join us in a yeah. sec, and we will we'll talk about that kitchen moment.
Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, welcome back to So I Got to Thinking. This week we're on the third of our bonus episodes, fourth of our bonus episodes, fourth bonus episode, um, when we're talking about Tragically Hip, um, and just like that, episode five. Um, Is that right? Yes, that is correct. Um, So, much of the drama this week comes from Charlotte and Miranda, who are looking after the semi (laughs) comatose. (laughs) <laughs> Carrie Bradshaw, Caroline. Caroline's in bed this Caroline. week. Caroline. Um, so um, let's come to Miranda because good gosh, there was a lot, a lot of stuff to get through this week in that we are now tackling Miranda's drinking problem yeah. and we've got some stuff with Che as well. I will say before we get on to Miranda and Che, I really hope this isn't the last we hear of Miranda's drinking. I think it might because be, you know. If- Oh, well, that's... Mm. It's, I, I think it's sloppy. I think, like, that's it. It's solved now. Because what makes me think we might not hear about it again is the three-month jump at the end of the episode. I think we'll come back mm. after... We'll come back to them. Next episode will be three months later, and it'll just be all done and done and dusted, which is really sloppy. Yes, sir. And the, I, it's it's basically in the in the grand hierarchy of TV TV cliches. The ceremonial pouring of the alcohol down the sink, <laughs> down the sink. is a yeah. massive massive trope. Yeah. Um, and also just not massively realistic of representations of addiction. Yeah. I so again. I have not personally experienced substance abuse problems, but I had to sort of fully immerse myself in that world when I was writing my 2017 novel, Clean, which, mm. as the title suggests, is about a 17-year-old heiress who who is an opioid addict. And I spent a lot of time with people in recovery. There is the occasional 
cold turkey that works where people completely just commit to sobriety and it really does work for them. People who have successfully been through a 12 steps like program and there are lots of variations of 12 steps programs. Um, they are often evangelical about them and will we'll say how, you know, sobriety and recovery has changed their life for the better. Mm. But for a lot more people, sobriety isn't a straight line and that you do have relapses and then actually that almost the rest of your life is, is a pattern of relapse and recovery and relapse and recovery. And one of the most important things about recovery is understanding that relapses can and will happen. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it would, to my mind, be quite irresponsible of, mm. of the makers of I'm Just Like That to suggest that one day, having had, you know, an experience, the, the one that Miranda has in this episode, that she would just ceremonially pour all her booze down the sink while she's making a classic Negroni. A woman after my own heart. That's my favourite tipple. Um, I liked Negronis before they were basic as well. I want to start. Um, thank you to my ex-boyfriend, Gavin, who introduced me to Negronis in like 2010. Thank you. Um, so, um, in fact, I invented them. I made them cool. Nobody was drinking yeah. Negronis before me. Until you mentioned them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was watching uh, I was watching and, and I, actually I'm really enjoying it let's segue um, I'm really enjoying Girls 5 Ever which is also on now TV at the moment it's oh, okay. the new um, sitcom it's from from the house of Tina Fey and various others so if you like right, Kimmy Schmidt right. you will really like Girls 5 Ever and it's about a 90s girl, about a 90s girl group who get back together in 2021 oh cool and like at that. one point the main character is played by the pop singer Sarah Barrieles. Or Sa- yeah, that's oh, how you cool, pronounce yeah. I think. Sarah Barrieles. And yeah. <laughs> at one point, she says, she says to her black friend, who's played by Renee Elise Goldsby, she was like, um, I'd really like a, a Negroni. And <laughs> Renee says, did you just whisper the word Negroni? And Sarah Barrieles so is like, I'm not sure that's PC anymore. <laughs> like, oh I think God. it got a... I think it got a mention, someone mentioned a Negroni on Drag Race and RuPaul was like, what did you just call me? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, <laughs> and um, is, is the Negroni, is, is the Negroni cancelled? Please, well, answers on a postcard. Um, but, um, yeah, but I was going to say about Miranda, like, also, hmm. it's not that, it's difficult because everyone's experiences with addiction are different, aren't mm-hmm. they? And I'm not course, saying... Yeah. I'm not saying like we have to see someone like suffering and going through it on screen for it to be yeah. legitimate, but also like it's been like the softest portrayal of alcohol of alcoholism I've ever seen. I think like she has like a couple of glasses of wine, like you know, like mm-hmm. we haven't seen her like really going through it um, until that yeah. last conversation with Carrie actually, which was great. Because um, I'm and yeah. you see, I was with them, so th- there was the so let's let's set it up, let's g up the big scene. Yeah. So in what was I think the best the best scene of the series so far, um, Che is so delighted with Carrie's twatted performance on the podcast that mm. they come around with a bottle of tequila to encourage Carrie to get shit faced on meds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe Che isn't <laughs> the healthy influence we thought but they this were. Is, this is why I like Che though, because their their character is layered in the they're perhaps not the best influence. Mm. Like they're 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 a bit of trouble, aren't they? Which I like. I think Che might be trouble, which I think yeah. is a good thing. Um, yeah. I I still I continue to be wowed by Sarah Ramirez 
Oh, incredible. Incredible. Um, So Che comes round, Carrie's sleeping off her pain meds. Che and Miranda get drunk slash high in the kitchen. Yeah. And then Che gives Miranda a little finger bang. Yeah. And it's so intense. And like, what I loved about it is, well, this is another reason I think it felt like Sex in the City because there was sex in it. Like, Mm -hmm. and they managed, they managed to do... In a, in a climate where, like, now everything's been done and people are unshockable, it was kind of shocking. Mm-hmm. Like, it was quite... I think it was the juxtaposition between, like, Carrie pissing the bed and watching oh, them in the But mirror. we haven't even and got was, to that bit yet. Oh, my God. There was just, like... So, yeah. There was so much going on that it was just, like, quite... I, I found it really, like, entrancing. I was just watching it, like, with my mouth open, like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, and this is the new blood. This is bringing in new writers. This is yeah. what you get after 20 years... You you need, you desperately need a fresh pair of eyes on the situation, sure, Michael sure. Patrick King. Maybe we should have started. Maybe, do you know what? Maybe the most heroic thing Michael Patrick King could have done would have been to hand over this series to a yeah. new batch of writers. Yeah. But we didn't do that, but it's fine. And, um, and... You're so right. There's this juxtaposition of Miranda having the most powerful orgasm of her life. Mm. You know, it's very racy, you know, kind of yeah. you fully buy it. You know, we've bought into Che and Miranda so far and you, we knew where it was heading. But that only means it's more satisfying when you actually get the payoff, I think. Yeah, and then, true. because this is Sex and the City, this isn't Dawson's Creek... We're in a show for adults on HBR. So at the same time that you have Miranda experiencing this mind-blowing orgasm, you have Carrie trying to piss in a bottle of Diet Schnapple. Um, <laughs> Which she then flicks over the bed by accident. Oh, Carrie. And it's just so, so, like, sort of mortifying. Um, yeah, and, and perfect, just perfection, yeah. that after all this time, and you know because... I think these scenes were challenging every actor in those scenes as well. You could see Sarah Jessica Parker thinking, I've played this role for 25 years and now you're asking me to piss in a bottle. (laughs) Yes, because this is getting old and this is the reality of, you know, when your body starts going wrong and this is the story. I I think I really needed them to tell this story. Absolutely. women in their 50s who are still chaotic i saw somebody having a bit of a snark on twitter saying oh my god this show is making being a woman in your 50s look like hell on earth (laughs) i I slightly disagree with that i think they're still they're still out having their brunch and they're still having sex and they're still having orgasms but yes at the same time they're having hip operations and tossing piss on their bed (laughs) and then that scene leads immediately into Miranda on the toilet. Everyone's on the toilet this episode, yeah. which is brilliant. Um, <laughs> and Carrie, in what is a very Carrie moment, really making it about her. Yeah. And with this absolute venom sort of saying, you were meant to be here looking after me. And when yeah. you were having sex with Che in my kitchen, I was peeing my bed, you know, kind of, she really likes the, the, the most furious we've seen Carrie in a really yeah. long time. But then as soon as Miranda confesses, I really hate my life. Immediately Carrie just goes back to being her best friend. 
Yeah. And again, the whole scene t- changes again. Like your neck is almost snapping round with how fast the scene is moving along. I thought it was absolutely glorious so, stuff. Um, what I loved about that conversation between them was the way that they reacted was was so realistic to me. Mm-hmm. Um, both Miranda kind of not really acknowledging it, even though she obviously knew that Carrie had seen everything, so it was too late, mm-hmm. she couldn't deny it, and she was just sort of getting on with trying to make the bed. But she was Carrie also just... really high. There was also yeah, kind of like yeah. a high... I mean, obviously, she was high, but look, yeah. she was glowing. That woman yeah. had had a banging orgasm, you could tell. It was... She was, like, radiating. And you know what? Cynthia Nixon was always great with the sex scenes. Mm-hmm. Like, hers in Sex and the City, hers were always the most realistic and the most yep. intense to me. Sweaty and um, red-faced, yeah. <laughs> yeah, with the hair going everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but and it drew a tear from me, though, when that moment when Miranda says, I hate my life, I was like, oh my God, like, it was, it was, a, it was intense. It was amazing. Mm. So the problem now I have is that we're not going to get the morning after with Che and Miranda because obviously we've jumped forward in time. So, and there is, of course, there is an element here as well that we've not considered, which is Steve, who we've not actually seen for a few weeks now. The last, the last we saw, they were fiddling around with dessert toppings, I think. Yeah. In like episode three. three. I think yeah. so it's been we've we've not seen Steve for a little while. So actually so actually yeah the jump is interesting. I now mm. wonder if we'll come back from the jump. Miranda maybe. and Steve will be broken up and maybe she's like seeing Che. Um yeah. No, cuz I mean so at this point we'll we'll come on to Harry in a minute, but this this series hasn't served the men very well. Um they've been mm. I mean it's it, and it never was their story. And mm. in every other series, you've got women playing the wives and girlfriends. So, yeah. you know, it's it's not a bad thing that the men were always very much supporting parts. Um, but yeah, poor Steve. Because so we, we have to get there at some point. We, you know, we've known Steve again for 25 years now. Mm. And we also watched him be made to suffer for his own um. Yes, his own yeah. extramarital affair back in the first film when he cheated on Miranda. That's true. So it's. I loved the um. I loved. I thought the line that they gave Carrie was perfect. It wasn't. She didn't say like, "Why are you, um, ha, wh- like, why did I just see you like shagging a non-binary person?" Or she didn't say like, "Why are you?" Dr-? She just said, mm-hmm. "What are you doing?" Which mm-hmm. I thought was perfect. Like a perfect way of putting it, and like showed like. A lack of judgment from Carrie. Like, she wasn't judging Miranda for, like, doing any one thing in particular. She was like, why? Like, she was, like, judging her for the whole inst- in- incident. She was like, what mm. are you doing? Well, um, I mean, Carrie hasn't got a fucking leg to stand on, has she? Lest we forget <laughs> Natasha Nijinsky. True. Um, yeah, so True. G- people in glass houses should not be throwing stones. Um, yeah. Which brings us, yeah... I, I can't wait for next week. I, I want to know what happens next. And that's why mm. when, when we had that very last scene where she's got all her shoes weirdly lined up on the floor of her walking. <laughs> yeah. They'll get very dusty that way, Carrie. Um, yeah, because it, it's tricky. We're not going to... We So that's the last scene other than the pouring away of the Negroni. We, we didn't really catch up with Miranda again. There was the whole mystery of the book. So Miranda believed that Charlotte mm. had somehow sent her a book, but then didn't ask Charlotte. Could have, could have solved that mystery faster, Miranda. If only yeah. there was a way you could just 
text Charlotte. Um, so <laughs> no, I love that Miranda's realization about her drinking is because she's been drunk buying things on Amazon. Amazon um, like, okay. Um, but I didn't like that. That was my thing. I didn't like the scene the, in the confession. I didn't like that. She mentioned, Oh, I started drinking during the pandemic. Can we mm. stop mentioning the pandemic for one thing? We're back in it. You know, I mean, come on, we're back where we are. You know, we're, we're any day now, we might be back in some sort of restrictions. Everywhere else in the UK has restrictions. It's only England that doesn't. So I would, you know, and New York will probably be back in restrictions any day now as well. So just stop, just don't mention it because it just This is the danger. Stop. This just is stop. what I said. This is what I said in the first two episodes. Like it's going to age really, really mm-hmm. quickly. Um, yeah. And that might be more convincing as well if this was not a show about a woman who'd been caning it on cocktails for 25 <laughs> years as well. So it was like, Miranda, I think yeah, you they were, were drinking all... before the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Um, caning the cocktails, yeah. Um, also, Rock, Rose slash Rock. Rock, yeah. So, um, bless Rock. Um, I could have done without the TikTok rap. Um, oh, not TikTok. least because people in their 40s should not be writing about TikTok because I am not seeing a bunch of people rapping on TikTok. What I like to think, if Rock had been making a TikTok post, it would have been set to some weird mashup of a song from about 10 years ago with yeah. her pointing at words. Like, yes. my name was Rose. Now yeah. my name is Rock. Yeah. Or like she would have changed, or it would have been like a Pokemon TikTok and she would have changed from like the fairy type gym leader to the rock type gym gym leader or something mm. like that. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> I thought it, there, were, there was, I mean, yeah, the, the Zoom moment where the, the other parents reveal that Rose oh, yeah. has changed their, I guess, name to rock. Mm. Um, I like this plot. A, I like that we've, so un, unlike my fears with the Miranda drinking plot line, I like that we haven't moved on. I like yeah. that we didn't just have that one episode where Rock was like, I don't know if I'm a girl, then it never gets mentioned again. I like that it is the big story arc for Charlotte's yeah. family this week. And um, this season, sorry. Um, and I did, I also really, finally, we gave Evan Handler something to work with mm. because poor Harry has has had quite quite unfortunate scripts, I think, so far. Not least the Zadie Smith stuff <laughs> from last week. So yeah. it was really, really nice to see Evan Handler gets something to sink his teeth into. I thought the scene where Charlotte and Harry went to meet with Rock's teachers and they were kind of like, I think they were quite infuriating because they didn't have the answers that Charlotte yes. and Harry really wanted um, and, and it needed. Was conf- it was just, um, it was just sort of confusing and vague, mm. wasn't it? And Evan Handler did the, I thought I found it quite sort of touching his like, the way he portrayed the kind of confusion yeah. and also sort of concern. And I think it's quite important to, we obviously see increasingly, increasing numbers of like non-binary and trans mm-hmm. storylines on TV. But I think it's also important to show like, other people's yeah uh, the way other people see it um and other people's confusion about it um so far yeah. i do not i'm so far i'm not mad at this storyline and, and haven't mm. been for the whole season i think yeah. there's something about it rings really true it does feel like something that is confronting i don't want to call them boomers but it's it's confronting <laughs> those parents of adolescents now so people yeah. in their 40s and 50s who have um teenage kids and teenage kids who have a lexicon 
around sexuality and gender that they didn't have. So it yeah. is, I, I can see how it would be like they're speaking a foreign language. Mm. And I could see how it would feel alien to that generation who didn't have these words to describe their gender or sexual identity. Um, and I think it's being played sensitively. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think... I think Rock and Lily continue to be really cute and really well cast. Yeah, they're cool. Um, I like them. And I think, you know, let's let's spend a bit of time in Trans Corner. Bing bong bing. You know, <laughs> even I came out when I was 30 and my parents still needed time. You mm. know, they, they res- what I learned from speaking to my parents was that they don't react how you think they're going to react. You know, and trying to second guess how you think your parents are going to react um, mm. is a big deal. But I think, I hope there isn't a scene in the last episode where Rocky is kind of like, oh, I'm sorry I upset you. I will be Rose to keep you happy, kind of. Yeah. Um, I, but I don't, I don't see it going that way. Mm. And I also think as well, I wish that I wish the teachers, it, it was a shame that the teachers were so kind of robotic in, in sort of saying the things you're meant to say as a teacher. Whereas, you know, I used to be a teacher and I think, you know, parents came to you with all kinds of anxieties around their kid. And and now with the position I'm in as an author, kind of I get a lot of both parents and young adults coming to me and saying, you know, what what can we do in this situation, this exact situation that Rock and Charlotte are in? And I always say just patience. Yeah. Why, when you were 12, you know, <sighs> did, did you really know yourself forever? You know, but what what I am what I'm always really keen to stress is that you've got all the time in the world to figure it out. Yeah, you know, nothing has yeah. to be cited. You don't have to. Okay, so this week Rock has said that they want to be called Rock. Cool. Who is that hurting? Yeah. Literally no one. It doesn't make a lick of difference. Yeah. You know, just let it be. Let it be. Yeah. You know, see what happens. You know, yeah, and there was sure. even the moment where Lily pointed out. You know that there was there was. A kid called Ellen, who then became Eli, who is now mm. called Scout. You know, young adults are in a process of transformation. Whether they're trans or not, every young adult is transforming into the adult they're going to become. Yeah. You know, and like and figuring out their identity, whether that yeah. be gender identity or any other kind of identity. And you know, it took me 30 years to get there. You know, it takes some people mm. 12 years. It takes some people 15 years. It takes some people 20 years. It took me 30 years to figure out my final form. You know, mm. the form that I feel most myself in. And, you know, I think it's great when kids start figuring out their identity at such a young age because it means they get to spend more of their life in their final form. You know, I wish I'd been able to spend all of my adult life as Juna because I've I've been happiest as Juna. And so I think when a kid comes forward with news about their identity, I would just say to parents listening to this, which is that this is a good thing because it means they've started on their journey and it means they're going to get to spend more of their adult years in the form that they feel the most comfortable. And I do think, and I think, and I hope they raise this, that 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 discomfort, that Charlotte and Harry feeling, is them. It's not Rock. Because Rock is expressing the way that they're happiest. So really, I think what Harry and Charlotte are feeling is is they're losing control. 
And, you know, what what you need to be able to recognize is that none of us has control over another human ever. Mm. And that discomfort that Harry and Charlotte are feeling is... Yeah, that that they cannot control their child, and no, he, mm. no, nobody can control their children. If if you want to be able to control something, get a giga pet, get a tamagotchi, <laughs> get Animal Crossing. Um, you can control them on Animal Crossing, and you can shoot down little presents from the sky. Exactly, and have your yeah. own little world. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a world you can control, but yeah, children, <laughs> children are quite beyond your control. They will. They will be whoever they're going to be, with or without your help. But so far, yeah, I'm really liking that storyline. I'm really excited to see where it goes. Um, it'll be interesting to see, because if, if Rock decides to transition, are they going to recast the role? I feel like they're mm. heading towards Rock being non-binary. Yeah, And I'm so. I'm expecting and hoping for, like, a few scenes with Che and Rock, where Che is, like, a sort mm-hmm. of role model and, like, gives Rock some guidance. Um, or maybe leads Rock down a bad path. Who knows? Because Che's acting. I think a bit yeah. I think I think there's some. I think there is. We we've got some more plot with Che coming. Mm. Um, in terms of the other, in terms of our new cast, we we barely saw a sniff of LTW this week. Um, yeah. And Naya was absent again. Was was not yeah. in it. Um, yeah. They're, they're still really struggling. I think with this role of who is the fourth girl? Who is the fourth mm. girl? It was meant to be Stanford. This week it was Anthony. Um, oh, I thought I, he worked really well actually at the table. Yeah, I, I enjoyed like the four of them together. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed the chemistry. And again, he um, po- he popped up. He he dropped Carrie back off at home in his bread van with his hunky. Oh name. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel. Um, I, I mean, maybe one week we'll get into the ethics of <laughs> the. The hunky, the hunky bread delivery men, and if they're being exploited, <laughs> yeah. I hope they've unionized. Yeah. I hope that what what are they called? The I've forgotten. There's something. The no, I've forgotten. Completely forgotten. But I hope they've unionized. I hope. I hope they know their rights. You're, you're not. You don't have to wear those hot pants if you don't want, fellas. Oh, is it hot fellas? Is it hot fellas? Hot fellas. Hot fellas. Yeah. I'm um, quite into the outfits. I like the like the blue dungarees. And oh my the, god! You would fuck the, the bread man. I would. I you would. can't fuck the bread man. They they're in a union. <laughs> um, um, you can cool. fuck um, Emmett the. The kindly physiotherapist oh, yeah, that Emmett. Carrie rejects. Yeah. Justice for Emmett. Justice for <laughs> Emmett. Hashtag justice for Emmett. Um, I think that brings us to the end of another week. And, yes. and I'm glad to say it was a much more positive week on the podcast. And um, yeah. let us know your thoughts. I believe you have some some reader messages for us, Dylan. I do have a couple. <laughs> so the first one is from Francesca. Hi, Francesca. And it's some, um, it's some New York real estate intel from Ooh. Francesca. So she says, I'm a New Yorker listening to your podcast discussing the NYC real estate market. First off, Carrie's original apartment is on the Upper East Side. It's a very posh part of town and it's similar to Kensington, posh shops and very wealthy elites. And then she says, Carrie and Big's apartment is right next to Central Park on Fifth Avenue. Their apartment is a prime penthouse. It would easily be worth over 10 million. You noted a one bedroom in New York is about 2 million. Yes, but a massive apartment like Carrie and Big's. And a penthouse with a doorman and its own elevator in this market would be about twelve million. Oh my gosh, twelve yeah. million! Well, there so we Carrie go. So Carrie is absolutely right. Oh, and she goes on to say, anyway, I adore the podcast and I'm pre-ordering Royal Coven. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I mean, it's Her Majesty's Royal Coven available to pre-order <laughs> Out now. 
Um, it's not I'll out now. A little pre-order <laughs> as well. Oh, thanks, Dylan. Thanks. Um, and then Alicia from from Australia says, "Hi guys, I've loved your podcast from the beginning. Oh. I would love to hear what you both individually would have done with this reboot if, in another universe, you had free reign over the plot. How would you have written the show?" Oh my gosh. Well. Mm. Well. Interesting. Interesting question. Go on. Do you do you have you thought this one through, Dylan? Do you have an answer ready? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I thought I had actually thought about this before she even mm-hmm. sent the question. Um, so I think that I would start it with four of them. Seema mm-hmm. is just she's not Samantha, but she's just the Samantha character. Fine, done. Mm-hmm. And it starts off with all four of them single. All of their relationships have fallen apart, and it's about them having to like go back out there and grappling with like modern life and modern mm-hmm. dating. Um, but no mentioning of dating apps by name. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that's what I would do. Mm. So obviously I'm, I've had less time to think this one through. (laughs) I think, in in general, I would have kind of done what they were doing, which is, you know, pick pick up 20 years on and look at the issues affecting sort of women in their 50s. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, I also like, I think we know well enough, even on this podcast, that this show only really works if Carrie's single. Yeah. So I would have got rid of Big. I think the temptation would have been to have killed Samantha and written out Big. Yes. I think, yeah. so I think I would have possibly done it that way around. So I would have established that Samantha is dead. Um, unless, of course, they do know something that we don't and Kim Cattrall is willing to return, in which case, mm. all power to them. Um, but I feel if, like we're working ourselves, I feel like we're getting our hopes. I know. But so is, so is everyone. <laughs> we're not the only ones. Yeah. Plenty of people are getting themselves worked up. Yeah, But um, yeah. I think, so if it were me and with the, on the assumption that Kim Cattrall does not want to return, I would have, Samantha would have died, possibly of breast cancer. Um, and then I would have possibly had her discovering that Big, there was rumblings at one point that Big was going to go to jail, um, mm. possibly for like yes. white collar crime. Maybe I would have got rid of him that way. And yeah. Carrie would have left him because of the fact he, she, she discovers he's lied to her. Like maybe he has another wife somewhere, like he's a bigamist mm. or something like Mr. Bigamist. Ah, Mr. Mm. Bigamist. There we go. <laughs> and um, she would have left him that way, thus opening up Carrie yes. to be single again. But I think I would have possibly done the same stuff. I think, you know, g- genuinely, I think Charlotte having a trans child is a masterstroke because she is yep. the, l- the least flexible and the most controlling. Yeah. I think Miranda reevaluating her sexuality at an older age makes perfect sense given what Cynthia Nixon experienced in her own personal life. So totally. I think a lot of the plot points they're hitting, I would have hit. Of course, I wouldn't have had Stanford and Anthony married in the first place because I hated it. So um, I <laughs> yeah. wouldn't. That would have never been an issue in the first place because I never would have put those two together anyway. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting so, stuff. And there we go. And just like that. And I would have called it Sex in the City also. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't have changed yeah. the name. I think it's really weird. Um, yeah. um, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, next week, we will be back with special... Na- special Natasha. <laughs> we will be back with special... Our special Natasha. Our very own Natasha Najinsky. Natasha Devon is going to be rejoining us on the podcast. Yeah, um, she, it's been a while since she's been in. She's back to speak to us next week. So do tune in then for more and just like that gossip. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina. 